Amen. Did you bring your Bibles? Are you ready? All right, let's make our declaration. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, we thank you today. For your grace and your mercy and your truth. We thank you for your word that is alive in us, producing your life in us and through us. So we give you glory and praise, and we expect to receive today. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, open your Bibles up to Colossians chapter 3. We began, we're in Agenda 2020, and that is just honing in and focusing in on our identity in Christ. Um, You used to be a sinner, but if you got saved, you're now a sinner who's been saved by grace. Amen? That's what I was, but now I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when you get saved, you get a new identity. It's no longer who you are, but who Christ is in you and who you are in him. Your identity is now in Christ. Amen? And so learning that, And learning to live in the fullness of that and live by the reality of that is so important to each and every person. And so in our lives, we want to hold on to that. Just go ahead and keep our identity back up on there if you would for a moment, David. And uh, we'll get into chapter 3 here in just a minute. But in this area, no, no longer seeing, so many people see themselves and they see Jesus. But if any man be in Christ, it's not you and Christ, it's you in Christ. And that's what I'm praying for you this year, that something would happen in you that's transformational in your perspective of your relationship with God. We always feel like God's outside of us. I have to reach God. I got to get to God. And and we sing about that. We talk about pressing into his presence. But really, it's that where we just move out of ourselves. Our pastor used to call it cutting the spirit. And uh, that at any moment you can just uh, uh, cut into the life and the flow of the Spirit and be connected with God in the Spirit. The Word of the Lord this morning would just keep pressing into His presence. And we just, we're singing songs about the presence of God, the goodness of God. But there's something that I intentionally live in that mindset. I set my mind on that, on who I am in Christ. Amen? And so that's so important for us to understand and to live in. So look at the cover of your outline. I just want to share a couple thoughts before we get to this. If you're in Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to have you turn to Genesis chapter 26 for just a moment because I want to read a thought, especially in this day and this hour, when you're going through a just crazy time. I, I, you know, we all read it and say, oh man, it's going to be good to see the coming of the Lord. But with the coming of the Lord, the world gets really crazy. <laughs> Everything it says about the last days is crazy stuff. Amen? And so when we see that, so now we're living in the middle of all this, and most of us, we're living in a nation where we probably never would have thought we would see the degradation of the things that we are seeing, the tearing down of the fundamental truths that, that have been the foundation for who we are and have become as a nation, and all those foundations are being stripped away. It's amazing what we see when it comes to how law enforcement is being supported and and the things that's being done with crime and and everything. It's just ridiculous. It's like the world just took the most giant stupid pill they could ever find, and and, and it just has had an amazing effect. But in that, when we're going through that, we can get moved by what we see going on around us instead of living in the reality of who is in us and who we are in him, that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And I have a statement that I I stated back in 2008, and I found it and put it back in here this morning. And in 2008, the Lord gave me this statement, said, we are in a season when we must learn to operate differently without giving up on our dreams and expectations. You can prosper on every level in a famine. You just have to sow, plan, and pursue with a mindset and understanding of the time that you are in. So it's important that we understand the times that we are in and then have a mindset that is adjusted on how to live during that according to the Word of God. Genesis 26 and verse 1 says, And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine. That was... 
in the days of Abraham. So I kind of put it like this. There was a famine in the land in 2008. We had, we had a financial crash in 2008, the most recent in our country. People had to relearn how to readjust. All kinds of things happened and, and financially for everybody and those type of things. But people still were prospering, moving forward, if I had the right attitude. Are you doing all right? But now we have this whole other thing going on as a result of COVID and everything else and governments, this whole global craziness that's happening, uh, let alone what just happening locally here and everything else. And so it's a type of a famine. So there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in, in Gear. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in, in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For, for to you and to your descendants, I will give all these land, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandment and my statutes and my law. Look down at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering and became very prosperous. Amen. So here he is in a time of famine, but God says, hey, I've set my word upon you. And I just want you to understand, no matter where you are, no matter what circumstances, God knows where you are right now. And so I don't have to relocate for God to be able to be God in my life. Are you doing all right? That's what the Lord's saying to Isaac here. He says, I know where you are. I have you in the land, and I will prosper you, even though it looks like a famine, even though it looks like all these burdens. You just stay fixed in who I am and my word in your life. Stay focused on the word. Amen? And watch what happens and see if I won't bring it to pass. Praise the Lord. So look at your outline with me. So now is the time to fast and pray and seek God and believe in God and His Word for our lives, our families, our churches, and our future like never before. How many would agree? I believe that's where we are. It's time for us to be in that place. We're believing God like never before. Hear me this morning. Dave, you put up that second picture if you would. And that, the, the second one up there. The next one. The fire one. Click on the fire. Ta-da! So listen. The time has come for us to be willing to allow our lives to be placed into the crucible of the fire of the Holy Spirit and allow the Master to forge us on the anvil of His Word into the perfection of His will in our lives. Why? Because we cannot be the maker and molder of our own lives. And be formed into the perfection of his will. The reason is we will never heat the fire hot enough. Amen. So we're in a season where we're going through things and now we're having to readjust. What do I really believe? See, challenges and pressures like this bring us down to a place where I have to find out what do I really believe and what am I going to stand on? What am I standing on? It, it, it used to be nice. Everything was good. And we could just have all kinds of religious thoughts. We never had to back them up with any faith. We just had to say and believe it all was going good. And, and it really, did. it was kind of like, you know, we, we could just make it happen. We didn't really have to rely a whole lot upon God. But I found this, faith is for adversity. Amen. If I don't need God to break through, if there's not, there's not a challenge, God is the breakthrough God. He's the God that's on our side for overcoming in that. And so when there's an obstacle, that's the greatest time for faith to come forth in our life. But just catch that this morning. We cannot be the maker and molder of our own lives and be formed into the perfection of His will. We will never heat the fire hot enough. So you can put all those elements in that crucible, but that fire has to get hot enough to make them, to burn the, the, the impurities out, and then to make it liquid enough to be poured into the the mold. And God is trying to pour you into the mold of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're going through some stuff, go, man, this is getting uncomfortable. That's because he's heating the fire, not you. None of us will ever push ourselves purposely to the place of being uncomfortable in God. The Holy Spirit does that. Amen? That's the, look at what the John the Baptist said. The one who's coming after me is mightier than I, and he's going to baptize you with what? With the Holy Ghost and with 
fire, and fire always purifies, and God only purifies our life, he only works in our life, so he can also perfect our lives. And all about you, I'm thankful that God's trying to bring us into place of perfection in him, amen? And so it's an awesome time. So the Bible is God's word. It's not God's attempt. You need to hear this this morning. As we read your Bible, as you go through this, we've been having fun, and if you're not on Facebook, I'm sorry, but it... uh, you know, let me just say this. Use the good and stuff. Don't get so upset by all the negative and everything that you throw out the good stuff. Amen. Is there stupid? They're stupid in everything. The only way to avoid stupid is to hermitize yourself. And then you get alone with yourself and you realize you're stupid too. J- just accept that. You, we're all stupid. We, we do dumb stuff, but then we isolate stuff. So, so it's just pride and ego of, oh, 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 you know. So anyway, but missing out, and I'm saying all that because we're, we're, I'm doing this prayer thing. So we started the year, and so for 21 days of just praying in the morning from 6.30 to about 7, and we're just reading through the scriptures and praying the scriptures. And it's just an awesome thing to do. It's amazing when you read the word and pray an application of what you read into your life. I don't just read. In fact, I read D.L. Moody's uh, um, devotional this morning was this when it comes to the word. He said, you're better off if you get one chapter and stay in it for a month to glean everything out of that, as much out of that as you can, as just randomly reading scriptures all the time and not gleaning anything from them. It's not so much of the volume that you intake or, or, or that you partake in, it's what gets on the inside of you. Are you doing all right? It's getting the word down on the inside of it. So in this area, when it comes to the word of God, and so on 6.30 on my Facebook page, we do that just a live thing at 6.30 in the morning, and uh, we just pray and read together. Amen. So the Bible is God's word. It's not God's attempt to offer illuminating insights, interesting theories, or good advice For our consideration, God's word is not good advice for you to consider. Hey, uh, consider this. That's not what the word of God is. It is his word, period. Wisdom would consider it and apply it. But it's not an attempt at illuminating insights, interesting theories, or good advice for you to consider. It is an authoritative, indisputable statement of eternal truth for us to live by. We are to live by God's word. It is intended for real world application. Because it is his word. His intention for it must be fulfilled And it will be fulfilled. God's intention. Listen to what the psalmist said. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. He also said in another place that God has exalted his word even above his name. Because if your word is no good, your name is no good. How many know your word is your bond? If you give your word to somebody, and usually if somebody has a problem with somebody, it'll be around something that had to do with them not keeping their word. And so when their name comes up, it doesn't have the credibility that it should because they haven't been faithful to their word. Are you doing all right? So God says, this is what I've done. I've given you my name, but in order for you to have confidence in my name, I've set my word above my name. So I will keep my word at all times. Therefore, you can rely upon my name. Are you doing all right? And so it's a good thing. Praise the Lord. So, and his word will be fulfilled. So look inside your outline. If I'm to name myself a Christian, if somebody say, hey, are you a Christian? You say, yes, I am a Christian. To declare I am a Christian is more than just say I believe in Jesus. It says I am a Christ-like one. In the book of Acts, they, they went down to, to the, 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 the Berean church there, and they were there at, or at Antioch, and it said the disciples were first called Christians there because they saw in them the same nature, the same character. They saw people who knew who they were in Christ. And in Christ, they were reflecting his character and his nature through their life. And so they looked like Christ. They were Christ-like ones. Are you doing okay? 
And that's what we're called to be. So when I say I'm a Christian, I'm declaring a Christ-like one, that I'm living by his word. I'm not taking it just as a suggestion. I'm living by the word of God. So if I declare that if I name myself a Christian, then I must be a doer of his word. This means striving to renew my mind to its truth and make application of its principles in my life daily. So I'm daily living in this process of transformation. You see, truly knowing who we are in Christ by virtue of the complete work of redemption will change the way we see ourselves and the way we talk about ourselves. We will no longer desire or declare our inabilities, but rather his ability in us. And so we've declared this is our agenda 2022, that who we are in Christ, I am, I have, and I can. Amen. When things come up in your life, that should be what you're declaring. I am who I know I am in Christ Jesus. I have what I know I have in him, and I, and I can do the things that he has asked me to do because my identity is not in myself. If I don't see myself in him, then I'm saying things that I can't do. I'm always giving out disclaimers. Are you doing okay? Praise the Lord. So Colossians chapter 3, we're going to dive into this this morning. And I shared all this because now this book of Colossians, this chapter of Colossians is going to put a lot of responsibility on you. This whole chapter takes away you being able to blame the devil for too much. Okay? The, the devil has become the church's scapegoat for flaking out. As long as I can blame it on the devil, I don't have to take responsibility for my character. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, look what it says. If then you were raised with Christ, seek. Somebody say seek. Seek, seek those things which are above. So let's just go back to begin. Look at the, 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 the first two words are if then. If then. When we first started in ministry, I read that and, uh, back in 1981. And, and, and I put together a message on if, the most challenging word in the Bible. Where Paul just said like, that, hey, if you're a Christian... If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're naming the name of Jesus, if you are doing that, and if you mean it, then, if that's who you are, then this should be the behavior that follows that declaration. Are you doing all right? I, I, I don't just get to, yes, I'm a Christian. You know, many times people say that I, I'm a Christian to get out of having to deal with anything, become a scapegoat response. If then you were raised with Christ, watch this, seek. Somebody say seek. seek. So what? That means you and I are supposed to seek. That means to pursue, to go after those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Look at verse 2. Set your mind. So say, well, I just can't help it. Well, that's because you set your mind on the wrong things. Let me put you, when you say I just can't help it, you've set your mind on you can't help it. You've convinced yourself, your, your thought is you have a thought process that you give yourself and excuses you give yourself and uh, say, Pastor, you're getting awful person. No, I'm just reading what Paul said. That's why I say that the Bible is not a, a suggestion. It's not thoughts for us just to consider. It's the word of God. And so we have to apply that to our life. And then here's the other part. I, I want the breakthrough that God has my life. I want the provision that the word of God declares. But, but there's a way that I'm supposed to live in order for that to come to pass. Are you doing all right? Hallelujah. And no, this is not works. This is just new life in Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Look at verse 3. For you died. Amen. The church is the original walking dead. We are. We're the original walking dead. Except we're not zombies. We're raised up. You're not raised up to be a zombie. You're raised up as a new creature in Christ Jesus. We have risen from the dead. We've died to sin and to death and to the old nature and the old life. And now we're raised up walking over death in newness of life. So Paul says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ, where? In God, when Christ who is our life, get that, when Christ who is our life appears, 
then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, this Bible that I'm using today is a, is a uh, Winky Prattney put it together, and it's called a Revival Study Bible. But in Philippians chapter 3, we've gone through Ephesians on Monday morning, and we're into Philippians praying our way through Paul's epistles in that. But Stephen Hill wrote this little uh, insert here out of Philippians chapter 2, and it's entitled, The Death of Me. The death of me. And I want you to hear it this morning. If you are going to be a Christian, the death of me is certain. This isn't in your outline. You have to listen to it here. It is impossible to truly follow after a self-denying Christ without first engaging in the denial of herself. The term self-denial is too often mistaken to mean self-control. Simply reigning in our will, desires, and dreams by some higher element of our being. However, that is not what Jesus meant. He meant for us to live as he lived. Treating self as non-existent. How many know that's not easy? As non-existent, something to ignore and to turn our back on. He never meant for us merely to control ourselves, but to die to self. And so the Apostle Paul said, look what he, Paul said like this, I die daily. I die to myself. That in order to keep Christ, we, we read it in, in, that in chapter 1 o'clock, that Christ might have the preeminence. In order to do that, then there is that battle between my self-life and his life in me. And so I die that he might live. And when I realize that, that when I get out of the way, I get to live in the fullness of his life, it makes dying to self a lot easier. Hear me, the death of me will encompass everything that would hinder God's will, his interest and power from being accomplished in us and through us. The path of revival which birthed the early church was paved with the caskets of self. What a great statement. Was paved with the caskets of self. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. There was a commonality in their lives together, not just defending ourselves, but coming together. The death of me is going to be painful. Crucifixion hurts. Like Paul, we too must die daily and quit allowing me to crawl off the cross. How you doing this morning? Quit allowing me to crawl off the cross. Since we cannot nail ourselves to the cross, we also find the deed is done by others and most often in public. See, many times, that's why we don't like real full preaching of the word of God. That's why the American church has become a cotton candy gospel church. Because if it's not sweet and nice and palatable to our taste and and allowing us to stay just as we are without any death to ourselves, without any denial, then man, that's a little too hard. But when I get under the word of God, all of a sudden conviction comes. And God, why are you using that person to speak into my life that's making me uncomfortable? Because God says, I'm trying to conform you into the image of my son. I'm trying to work my perfection in in your life. And I'm the potter and you are the clay. And and I'm going to just mold you into this. But I got to heat the fire up just a little bit. Because you'll never turn the gas up high enough. Amen. So think about it. Since we cannot nail ourselves to the cross, we also find the deed is done by others and most often publicly. But take heart. The death of me is going to be rewarding. Jesus, our self-denying role model. Jesus lived his whole life denying himself To put the Father first and you first. To put everybody first but himself. And kingdom understanding is different from this world. Nothing about this world tells you to deny yourself. 
doing all right. Look at what we're doing with criminals. We don't even call people what they are anymore. You can't even, you can't even call out the, the stuff anymore. I'm not a criminal. I'm just a person with a $950 bad habit. Some of you get that later. Amen. The death of me is going to be rewarding. Jesus was our self-denying role model, promised it would be rewarding on earth. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Everybody claims that scripture without going through the death of self. The life that Jesus came is on the other side of resurrection. The life that Jesus came for us is on the other side of resurrection. What Paul's, I'm reading this because what Paul's talking about here in Colossians chapter 3, look at what he says. For you died and your life is hidden with God in Christ. Amen. So there's rewarding. John 16, 25, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So go back to your outline and watch this with me. Verse 5, therefore... Put to death, not just put down, but put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, and covetousness. So if I have things that keep coming up, it's because I try to control them, not kill them. Jesus didn't say get a grip. Paul didn't say get a grip on this stuff. He said put it to death. Crucify it. Bury it. And covetousness, which is idolatry, look at verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Because all this stuff we see in the world and everything else going on in the world, when God judges the world, it'll be for all of those things that are coming upon and the wrath of God is coming. But we've been delivered from that. Somebody ought to shout amen. amen. Verse 7. Now why? In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Verse 8. But now... Where do we live? We live in Buttonalville, right? That's where we live. I am, I have, I can. But watch what he says. This Buttonal is a little bit different. But now you yourselves. Somebody say myself. So look what Paul's saying. Just reading, just reading the scriptures this morning. But you yourself. So the onus, the responsibility, the requirement is upon me. It's up to me. But you yourself, look at this. Put off, put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Think about all the things we make excuses for. I just can't help it. I just get so angry. You yourself put it off. Don't make an excuse for it. Paul is not saying make excuses for anything. He's saying that in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's getting us to live new creation mind. If you're risen with him, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on who you are in Christ, that you've received his nature, that you walk in that. I'm not my old man. I don't have to give into that. I'm born again. I'm filled with his spirit. I'm empowered with his love. Amen. I set my mind on that. So put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy life. Christians who can't quit cussing, you need to get your mouth saved. Amen. You, you, you can have a better thought. When I first got saved, I was a potty mouth. I was in construction. I mean, I just cussed all the time. So I got saved and people asked you how I'm doing. I couldn't talk. I had to learn all, all new words. I'm serious. I mean, I was blah, 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 blah. And so now I'm just good. <laughs> Amen. But you can learn new words. But what I do, I just go back to what natural. watch this. We just gravitate back to what naturally comes out of our mouth. And we give our excuse that I can't help. Well, I've just, you know, it just, uh, and so I just blah, blah, blah. And Christians have too many blah, blah, blahs coming out of their mouth. Doing all right? So, but look, 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 watch it. But you yourselves put this off. Take authority over it. And I'm going to take authority over the devil. Get authority over your mouth. You're never going to whoop the devil till you kind of kick your own hiney. Amen. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have what? Since you have what? 
since you have, since you, well, I just need the Holy Ghost to help me. He will. Deal with it. Amen. Deal with it. I give you the power to do it. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is what? Renewed in knowledge according to who? The image of him who created him. Come on, just say this. I am born again. I'm created in the image of Christ. Amen. Come on, you, you have, Paul, Paul just declared, you have the mind of Christ. You just need to learn to think out of the mind of Christ and not just do what comes natural. It takes no effort to do what comes natural. It takes disciplined effort and desire to go after, to pursue. Are you doing all right? Amen. And it put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge. Verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So this all goes into our agenda. While we're going through this book of Colossians in, in our agenda, it's just getting how much it keeps bringing us back to Christ, back to Christ, back to Christ, back to Christ. Because I'm either seeing myself in myself or I'm seeing myself in Christ. And my agenda for you as your pastor is to get your focus on who you are in Christ. Amen. Seeing that, believing that, and pressing into that. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. That's who you are. I'm the elect of God. I'm holy. I'm beloved by God. Amen. That's who we are. Watch it. Watch this. Next, what are the next two words? So we got this whole thing. Put on. Put off and then put on. Amen? So who's doing that? We're doing that. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, how? Even as Christ forgave you. How many like to get your mistakes forgiven? How many love it when God forgives you of your mistakes? Now he just says you do the same thing. That's why when Peter came to Jesus, said, Lord, if my brother transgresses against me seven times in a day and I forgive him, is that good enough? No. If he does it 490 times in a day, Jesus said, you still forgive him. There is never an option out of forgiveness. And Jesus actually said it like this with the close of, of the Lord's Prayer. He says, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. So I'll put it to you like this. Jesus, Jesus said it like this. When you stand praying, forgive. Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Therefore, when you stand praying, forgive. For if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. So if you're here today and you're carrying unforgiveness towards anybody for anything, I don't care what it is. If you have unforgiveness in your heart before them, you are standing in a place where you are now unforgiven before God. Amen. And at that place, my prayer is hindered. That's why Jesus says, when you stand praying, forgive. It's so important. Let it go. It doesn't mean it doesn't bother you. It doesn't mean that it was right. It doesn't mean they got away with it. Because all that stuff is not your job. We're like kids tattletailing on our siblings and we're not happy unless they get spanked. We think they should get disciplined, and we're going to be upset because, until they do get disciplined to the degree that we think they should get disciplined. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so, so also must, so you also must, what? 
not maybe, not should, not to think about it. You have to do it. Must do. But above all these things, watch this, put on, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body and be what? So we were called into what? One body. So we put it like this, especially in the church. When Christians get upset with each other in the church, that's like you be, be, being mad at your kidneys. Christian, we're member, we're parts of the body. We're all parts of the same body. There's just one body. You don't get to alienate people out of the body of Christ. You're one body. And so when you do that, the devil is the master of tearing that body down and taking away our unity and our strength together. Come on, don't let the enemy have any place in this area. Amen? So watch it. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Look at verse 16, let. Somebody say let. So we have put on and we have let. And let the peace of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in deed, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. How? Through Him. Amen. I'm going to read you one more thing from Oswald Chambers, because uh, on the 15th, yesterday, this was the devotional yesterday, and uh, so just crack up as we're going through these areas, come to different places in the Word, and these things for Romans chapter 4, and verse 6 says this, buried with Him, that even so we also should walk in newness of life. Listen to this. The title of this is, Do You Walk in White? No one enters into the experience of entire sanctification without going through a white funeral. So Stephen Hill wrote that on the death of me. This is Oswald Chambers' version of that. Without going through a white funeral, the burial of the old life. There has never been this crisis of death, excuse me, if there has never been this crisis of death, sanctification is nothing more than a vision. There must be a white funeral, a death that has only one resurrection, a resurrection into the life of Jesus Christ. Nothing can upset such a life. If I'm raised in him, then nothing can upset my life. So when you hear Paul and all the things that he went through, we've talked about it in our men's group, and he just says, hey, none of this moves me because his life is set in Christ. Nothing can upset such a life. It is one with God for one purpose, to be a witness to him. When I die to myself, I just live for him and to be a witness for him. Amen? So here's the question. Have you come to your last days, really? You have come to them often in sentiment, but have you come to them really? You cannot go to your funeral in excitement or die in excitement. Woohoo! It's not exciting, nothing exciting about this. That's why I'm not getting many amens this morning. Sober. Death means, listen to this, death means you stop being. You stop being. Years ago, Robert Slurden did some documentaries on God's generals. And one of them was on Catherine Kuhlman and a great healing evangelist and people would ask her well how do you have such an anointing how do you, do you walk in this 
And she said, I can take you to the room, to the hotel and to the room and show you the corner where Catherine Kuhlman died. And from that day on, I've lived in him. And I live for him and no longer for me. And she had a lot of heartache and brokenness in her life up to that point. At that point, she just gave in and said, that's it. I'm done with me. I'm ready for the death of me. And I'm ready to live new life in Christ Jesus. And I'm trying to tell you something this morning. The other side of the death of you is new life in Christ. And we all need that place where we can mark that. Do you agree with God that you stop being the striving, earnest kind of Christian you have been? We skirt the cemetery all the time and refuse to go to death. It's not striving to go to death. It's dying. It's being baptized into his death. It's not I'm trying to. You just, it's dying. Nobody just tries to die. I'm, th- th- this, this whole thing is tragic. So many people have died. But nobody just said, hey, you know, I'm going to try to die. That, 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 we don't even think about that. But as Christians, when it comes to what the Word of God tells us, what Paul is saying, he says, put to death. He doesn't say try to do it. He says, do it. And then rise up and live in the resurrected life. That's why people get frustrated with Christianity. And even, I, I really, how many have ever listened to anything by Francis Chan? He listened to Francis Chan, and he talked about real Christianity and doing all that and, and, and uh, uh, radical love and all that. But he's talking about the areas of that, that just challenges nominal Christianity, and people go, well, that's a little too radical. Yes, it is, because it's the real gospel. Amen. So listen, have you had your white funeral? Are you scaredly, pl- or, or are you scaredly playing the fool with your own soul? Is there a place in your life marked as the last day, a place to which the memory goes back with a chastened and extraordinarily grateful remembrance? Yes, it was then at that white funeral that I made an agreement with God. I gave my life completely to Him. You've heard me say it, and I'll say that December 13, 1978 is the day that I gave my life to Christ. And I did. I completely gave my life to him. And I've lived my life for him since that day. I have a place like Catherine Kuhlman. I can take you to the church. I can take you to the prayer room. And, and, and I can show you they don't have those metal chairs back anymore. But I knelt at a metal chair at a prayer room at New Life Assembly at JNR Boga in Linda, California. That's where I gave my life on a Tuesday night in 1978 in a prayer meeting. Amen. Not somebody leading me. I knelt down and I gave my life to Christ. And since that day, I've been living my best for Him. And I found out that life in Him, life on the other side of death, death to me is better than any life I ever had on my own or could have created for myself. Are you doing all right this morning? Isn't the Bible awesome? Amen. So this is the will of God, even your sanctification. When you realize that the will of God is you, you will enter into sanctification as naturally as it can be. Are you willing to go through that white funeral now? Do you agree with him that this is your last day on earth? The moment of agreement depends upon you. See, if I'm trying to be a good Christian then I haven't had a funeral. If I'm trying it, if I'm trying, then I haven't had it. I, I don't try it, I live it. Rick, just come and play if you would. Stand with me this morning. We want to know, is there a mini book on five easy steps to becoming a Christian? No. Six steps to that, five steps to that. There's one step. Well, let me get like, there's two steps. 
Texas two-step. No. Two steps. Step into death and step into life. I step into death. I choose to die. This day, this hour, I believe the day of the Lord is at hand. I don't believe nominal Christianity will work in people's lives. I believe there's some things coming that even people we think are real Christians are going to find themselves getting discouraged and challenged by. The last days, great challenges come upon the face of the earth. The Bible says it like this, that even the very elect will be deceived. And there's so much craziness that's been sweeping through our culture and even into the church. Amazing things are happening. So I have to make sure that I'm fixed in Him. Just nominal Christianity doesn't get it done anymore. I got to be sure. I got to have that point where I mark it. Man, I know that I know that I've given my life to Christ. And I always like it when, when new people come to Christ, when, when people first get saved, they continually answer altar calls and to get resaved because they want to be sure. They're pressing, they meant it and they're pressing in. They keep going after it. And that's awesome. The problem is we lose that press. We lose that press where I keep pressing into him, where I keep seeking him. Amen. And Paul says here, that's what he's saying to us in Colossians. He says, if you're raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above. So I just have a call for you today. Coming into this year, 2022, we're pressing into a new area, a new challenge. And I want every person to be ready to meet every challenge, fully equipped and armed with the life of God. But it takes the death of me. It takes saying no to me. I love it. Paul writing to a church, writing. Paul's writing, and you heard me say this before. All of Paul's writings were written to Christians. This book isn't written to unbelievers. Paul didn't write that to unbelievers. He's writing that to people. That's why I said, if you are risen with him, then this is your conduct. This is your posture. This is your behavior. This is how you move. Amen. So we're just going to pray just for a moment. And if you need to make a move towards God today, you know in your heart, if you've had areas, if there's something you need to put to death, if there's something you've been holding off, things you've been dealing with, something you need to put off and something you need to put on, then I'm just going to ask you, you know exactly where you are in your relationship with God. Nobody else does. Nobody can pray you out, out of it. That's why Paul put it, all the onus, all the responsibility strictly on each one of us of individuals to make this choice. So if you need to make a move towards God this morning, there's something you need to put off by, by just signifying, man, I'm leaving that old stuff here where I am. I'm I'm going to step out of this place where I am right now and I'm going to step forward towards this altar and I'm declare I'm stepping into it. I'm leaving behind and I'm stepping into and this year is going to be a year of stepping forward into the things of God. This is a year of putting off and putting on in Jesus name who I fully am in Christ. So as Rick's just playing, we're not going to sing, we're just going to play. If you need to move, just come this way. Just come this way right now. Say yes to God. This is a year to put something up, something you're tired of battling with, something you're tired of making excuses for. It could be your potty mouth. It could be anything like that. It could be other appetites, desires, different things. Man, I'm done making excuses for that. I'm done being just leaning on the natural man. I'm done gravitating back to what's easy, what's natural. I'm hungry for the things of God. I'm pressing into God this year like never before. Amen. I'm saved and I'm getting saved again and again and again and again. I'm just pressing into the fullness of my salvation. It's not about initially getting, I'm just saying, I'm not going to lose that appetite. I'm not going to lose that hunger. I'm not going to lose that desire for God. I'm just going to keep pressing in to the fullness in Jesus' name. Anybody else? Come on, we're just pressing. Come on. We're just pressing pressing into him, saying yeah, putting off and putting on, taking God's word, not as a suggestion, but as a divine directive for our lives. Father, we thank you today 
Lord, we're just doing it. Come on, just raise your hands. Let's begin to pray right now. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we hear your word. Lord, we take this admonition of the Apostle Paul. Father, we are stepping in to the things of God. We're seeking those things which are above, where our Lord is seated at your right hand. Father, we're setting our mind on things above. We're tired of being brought down by carnal and worldly thought. Lord, today we're declaring we have died with Christ. Today we choose to die completely die. Lord, we're not just going to circle the cemetery. We're not just going to sincerely think about doing. We're not just going to have a, a nice thought about doing and maybe consider. God, we're here today to declare we want to die and live in you. We're dying to ourselves, the death of me, the death of self, that we might be raised in the newness of life. We're no longer going to make any provision for the flesh, for the old man. We're willing to put him to death. Come on, just begin praying that out. As I'm praying, you begin praying that same kind of prayer in your own life. For Father, we're doing that today. And Lord, when you come, we're looking for Christ who is our Savior. And Lord, when you appear, we want to appear with you in your glory. So Father, we're preparing our hearts today. We're pressing in and saying yes to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we're putting to death our members. And Lord, we don't want to be brought into wrath because of those things upon our life. Father, we now are putting off all of our anger, our wrath, our malice, all blasphemy, filthy language. God, we're putting all that away. We're not going to lie anymore. Father, we're going to walk in forgiveness. We're going to be renewed in knowledge. We're going to have kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, working in us. We're going to bear with one another, be kind and gentle towards one another. We're going to put on the bonds of love. Lord, we thank you today. We just say yes to you, Father. Yes to you, this hour, this day, to be who you've called us to be. And Lord, we allow you, do what you need to do. Holy Spirit, bring your conviction and your charge into our lives. Daily reminder. And God, we thank you that you're going to continue to lead us and guide us by your Spirit. And we just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And somebody said? Come on, give God a good praise. Amen. Something happens. Something happens when you move towards God. Something happened. You mark that and you say that. God, I said yes to you. I said yes to you. And I'm moving towards you. And I'm going to keep moving towards you. Amen. N never get away from being able to answer the altar call when you feel God pulling on your life. Never get to a place, oh, you know what, I'll take care of it. Because listen to what we said. Part of what God happens when God's dealing with us and doing the things, we won't nail ourselves to the cross. Well, I'll go home and deal with this later. No, you won't. You'll go home and watch the 49ers. Or whoever. But you'll, you'll, you'll get caught up in something. In the moment, in the moment, when the Holy Spirit is working, the Lord is working to do something. So always be sensitive to respond to God. Amen. The, way, the devil doesn't want you to respond. He wants you to say, hey, you can handle this yourself. You don't have to do anything publicly. You don't have to do anything publicly. Don't acknowledge anything. Keep your image. Hold on to your image. If you go up there, people can think, oh, he needs help. Absolutely. I need all the help I can get. Amen? That's what I need. Amen. So keep pressing. Keep pressing into God.